ಓಂ ವಸುದೇವಸುತಂಚಾರ್ನೂರಮರ್ದನಂ ದೇವಕೀಪಾರಮಂದಂ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ವಂದೇ ಜಗದ್ಗುರು ಓಂ ಸ್ಥಾಪಕಾಯ ಚರ್ಮಸ್ಯಧರ್ಮಸ್ವರೂಪಿಣೆ ಅವತಾರವರಿಷ್ಠಾ ರಾಮಕೃಷ್ಣಯತೆ ನಮಃ ಓಂ ಜನನೀಂ ಶಾರದಂ ದೇವೀಂ ರಾಮಕೃಷ್ಣ ಜಗದ್ಗುರು ಪರಪದ್ಮೇತೋಸ್ತ್ರೀ ಪ್ರಣಮಿ ಮುಹುರ್ಮುಹುರ್ ಓಂ ಮಂಗಳಂ ಗುರುದೇವಾಯ ದೇವೇ ಮತ್ರಿಕ್ಷ ಮಂಗಳಂ ಮಂಗಳಂ ಭಕ್ತೃಂದೇವ್ಯೋ ಸರ್ವಾಲೋಕಾಯ ಮಂಗಳಂ ಗುರುಬ್ರಹ್ಮ ಗುರು ವಿಷ್ಣು ಗುರುದೇವೋ ಮಹೇಶ್ವರ ಗುರುರೇವ ಪರಂ ಬ್ರಾಹ್ಮಣ ತಸ್ಮೈ ಶ್ರೀ ಗುರುವೇ ನಮಃ ಗುರು ಸೊ ವಿ ಸ್ಟಾರ್ಟ್ ವಿತ್ ಡಿಫ್ರೆಂಟ್ ಮಂತ್ರ ವಸುದೇವ ಸುತಂ ದೇವಂ ದಿಸ್ ಇಸ್ ರಿಟನ್ ಬೈ ಶಂಕರಾಚಾರ್ಯ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಇಟ್ಸ್ ಟ್ರೆಡಿಷನ್ ದಟ್ ಬಿಫೋರ್ ರೀಡಿಂಗ್ ಫ್ರಮ್ ದ ಗೀತಾ ಒನ್ ರಿಸೈಟ್ಸ್ ದಿಸ್ ಮಂತ್ರ and so that means we're going to read from the gita or something actually i was planning to uh doing the next section in the bhagavatam and then a few days back maybe three days ago or something turiya was here and we were just sitting on the couch and my gita was my, i keep my gitas all right there so i reached over and opened when this verse came these set of verses came and so we began to discuss but within these the discussion of these verses so many uh, uh bhagavatam stories are there <laughs> So like I figure using the uh, uh, the Gita as an excuse to uh to uh tell a few stories from Mahabharata and Bhagavat if I can remember them properly. <coughs> so Krishna in the ninth chapter towards the end of the ninth chapter he gives the easy method of liberation. Right? Actually liberation mukti seems to be very difficult. and we joke like we have our our texts we have many our collection in our new, new library arrangement all of our texts on on uh, uh, on the path of liberation and advaita and the commentaries of shankaracharya and like this are all on the top shelf way above reach <laughs> inaccessibly above reach symbolically of everything right and we keep our devotional things that we, we like to see in the front books on sri ramakrishna books on krishna books on kali in front so Yudhi Mukti is considered a difficult uh, attainment because actually Shankaracharya he teaches that that until well, as long as there is desire there'll be there'll be selfish action and as long as there's ignorance there'll be desire as long as there's desire to be selfish action selfish action as long as there's selfish action there'll be rebirth as long as and when you have when you're born again you have uh, ignorance because of ignorance you have desire of desire you we behave self we have selfish demotivated action and again rebirth so the only way to destroy rebirth and thus attain liberation is to uh, uh give up selfish action only way to give up selfish action is to give up uh desire and only way to give up desire is to overcome ignorance so easy <laughs> so not so easy but krishna actually states actually he uses this term in these verses he uses a actually we'll get there he has a term for mukti that's a very special form of mukti <coughs> and in the gita it's in the beginning chapters of the, it's been a while since i've thinking i don't have all the usually i have gita verses buzzing in my head but uh, my brain is only so big nowadays as i get older my brain shrink i think the brain shrinks the spine and the brain shrink correspondingly so if i'm studying gita the gita is in my in my head right now i've been studying bhagavatam <laughs> so bhagavatam verses are in my head but um so in somewhere in the gita in the beginning chapters of the gita this is most action our problem is our selfishly motivated action that leads to karma in the world the uh, the wheel of birth and death is bhog ashwarya that's what our motivation is bhog means everybody knows 
enjoyment, right? We want to enjoy, so we act. Otherwise, why act? And the other option, other is Ashwari means glory, right? That means name, fame, recognition, prestige, power, significance, right? We want to be somebody, right? We want to enjoy and want to be rich and famous and, and popular and important and the focus of attention, Ashwari, Ashwari, Bhogashwarya. So really, in regular life, that's basically the Krishna says, this is the motivation for all action. If we analyze most action, almost all action, if not all action, is somehow or another connected to Bhogeshwarya. So, and but selfishly motivated action for Bhogeshwarya leads to rebirth. Right? It's based on a fun, the fundamental principle of ignorance that leads to rebirth. So how to act without motivation, without the motivation for Bhogeshwarya. So he starts, Arjuna's, he, he teaches Arjuna, the first thing is to do your duty. That's one way. If you're doing your duty, then you're not acting out of necessarily for your own enjoyment or for your own glory. It's you're doing because you're supposed to do. You have your dharma. Duty is there. That's one simple uh, first step. If, you, if you're trying to do your duty without attachment, then that is one way to act without, bogish, uh, without selfish motivation. But, <coughs> even, but many people do their duty and are still something you can, I mean, something we feel also trapped in our duty and trapped in our in our the people's expectations, society's expectations, religion's expectations for us. So Krishna doesn't leave it there. He keeps giving higher and higher uh, 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 ways. So then there is um, to give up the results of our action, to work without attachment to the results. That's another way. That's another, or to um, uh, give the results, uh, the karma pal, give it. This is uh, give it to God. So these are these. But that, as it gets first from doing your duty to doing everything to God for God is a big jump, emotional jump, right? And so these verses in the, in the, in the ninth chapter uh, uh, deal very beautifully with how this works. <coughs> Actually, many people probably know this, this verse. This is in verse um, 26. Patram pushpam palam toyam Yo, yo me bhaktya payachati taraham bhakta upahritam ashnami Sorry, my eyes. Prayatmana. Prayatmana. Patram pushp. What is patram? Leaf. So patram pushpam means palam and toyam. Water. Okay, that's a very. very <laughs> so it's a one offering. Actually, these are all in the singular. They're not. They're not plural. Krishna is saying, if one offers me, doesn't say offer me flowers and water and and waters. Right, if that's a word, or fruits, that's also not a word, right? In English, they're, I guess, they're plural and, and singular both. But um, <coughs> he's saying, just, we want to offer me just one leaf, or one flower, or one <coughs> drop of water, or one fruit, right? If it's offered with, what is it, yom bhaktiya parayacha, if a devotee offers me with a heart full of devotion, bhaktiya upahritam, right? So a devotee offers me with a heart full of devotion. So devotions mentioned two times, or if you consider the, that heart full is also three times. So the important thing is not Krishna's, uh, God is not thinking, oh my God, I need flowers. If only somebody gives me a drop of water, I'll be satisfied. Right? Actually, what he it accepts is actually just our, the, 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 anything offered with devotion. Actually, what God wants is devotion. Bhakti. Walking through Belarmat a couple years ago, 
we uh, uh, we met the uh, we call him Pujari Swami. I don't know what his Pujari Maharaj. I don't know the actual sannyas name. He's the old senior priest at the Belarmat Ramakrishna Mission, and very wonderful Pujari, right? And so, in a certain sense, in the Ramakrishna tradition, he is a foremost authority on puja, right? And so we met, and, and he says, "Oh, how's he's now learned English?" He says, "Well, how's how's Kali Mandir?" He said, "Oh, good, Samaji." And then he looks at me and says, "You know, Ma Kali doesn't care about your mantras, and she doesn't care about the food and fruit that you're offering her, right?" It's like that was like opening thing. You meet you meet the chief priest, and the first thing he tells you, "Your mantra, Ma doesn't want your mantras. Ma doesn't want your fruit." Don't think that the, that the purpose of Kali Mandir is to, is to uh, 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 like somehow another please a goddess by giving her all these things. She doesn't need anything. Everything is hers, right? Only thing she wants is loving attention, right? That God wants love. Actually, we want love. We want to love, and God wants to be reciprocate like that. So, a whole process of ritualized puja in a temple, and the whole process of devotional life in your home and in your heart is simply, God doesn't want flower, fruit, water, or uh, He wants love, he wants devotion. Okay. <clears throat> if whoever offers me this devotion, a leaf, a flower, a fruit, or water, I accept that, that pure offering of the pure in heart. Praya Atmanaha. Actually, again, a devotion, a devotee offering with devotion, with, a, with also whose soul is pure, a pure offering. So there's many... <coughs> Uh, nice. So this is what made me think. Actually, in many commentaries, they simply mention a few names, like Vidura, like uh, Sudama, like um, uh, 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 yes, uh, uh, Sabari. Right? These are the common ones. Right? There's a song. You know, these are you know Sabari is the one who took the fruit of Lord Ram. Uh, Vidura, uh, Krishna ate at his house. Uh, Sudama is Krishna's friend who who uh, he ate his parched puff dries like this. Right? Um, uh, 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 he ate Draupadi's um, uh, some sock. We'll tell a little bit the story. Maybe some of you know those stories. Uh, when Sanyasini named Radhikananda, she came here many years ago and she sang, she composed hundreds of songs. Very nice singer. And one of the songs, she, and then she translated it, it was a Hindi song. I can follow just a little bit of it. And she says, you offer, We offer you. I, why don't we offer you food, but you don't, like, like uh, you came and ate. Sudama's fruit, but you don't eat my fruit, right? Uh, you uh, you appeared before Prahlad, but you don't appear before me. Like this, mentioning all the stories from the scriptures, right? But just you don't come. And then the song switches, and now uh, Bhagavan speaking. He says, you don't offer like, you don't pray like Ajendra. You don't offer like Sudama, right? You don't you don't have faith in me like Prahlad, like this, right? So it's like that. So these stories are helped. The stories in the Bhagavata and Mahabharata are designed to uh, uh, teach us how to get that same response. So the first story I wrote. Vidura. Uh, uh, the reason I want to tell the story, Vidura, everybody knows, is the in the Mahabharata. What is his relationship to the? Uh, the Kauravas, right? He's related in that fa family, cousin of the Kauravas, right? Considered a very holy man, very loving, great devotee. Uh, after 12, the Pandavas were, they were, uh, because of the lost losing of the bet, they were 12 years exile and one year in hiding, right? After that, they, they, the deal was after that they'd get their, their kingdom back. Right? 
But Duryodhana, he, he, uh, he said, there's no way I'm not giving you back. I won't give you even one piece of land the size of a pin, uh, uh, top of a pin. Right? So Krishna went to, uh, Krishna went to Astinapur to, uh, uh, to negotiate as a, uh, uh, as a peacemaker. Right? And when he got there, uh, everybody, just like right now, the, our president's in, in, I think he's in France a few days back, and, and you saw, I saw on TV that the French and the French president had him for dinner. You know, there's, there's state dinners. So, so he, he created the equivalent of a state dinner. Everybody wants to follow proper etiquette and invite Krishna to, uh, to, be, to eat, right? And Krishna, Krishna told him, actually it's beautiful, he says, meals are, the, the verse I didn't translate, but I know the, the gist of it, it says, we eat only for, you can only eat for two reasons, right? One is that when there's much love, right, then whatever people offer you is love that you take. Or that you're really starving. When you're starving, no matter what, we from another you find food to eat. Right? Neither one of these, these uh, 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 situations are here. You don't have any love. Right? You know, and I'm not that hungry. Right? <laughs> right? So that's, that's, that would be a wonderful thing to tell a president. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. How much, of, how much food is political? Right? Manipulation. Right? It should be only out of love. Or out of uh, need, right? And and Krishna is neither one of these. So Bish, even Bhishma approached him. He didn't eat at his house. Drona, Kripa, uh, um, uh, all these important characters. But the one who didn't invite him was Vidura, right? But Krishna went to his house. Says, "I'm hungry. Feed me." Right. <coughs> and there's one Hindi song that says, "Refusing the rich, the rich dishes of Duryodhana, the Lord partook of the boiled vegetables of Vidura." That what he really was hungry for is just loving reciprocation. The food is an excuse for loving reciprocation. Right? The other story is, is that of uh, uh, Sudama. Sudama was Krishna's uh, childhood friend. Right? In, in, uh, they went to school. Anybody know where? In Ujjain. Right, right now, I mean, you can't say here now, but in ancient times, the, the, the center of learning in India was, was Banadas. But that's only like a thousand, two thousand years back. The re- five thousand years ago, the center of learning was Ujjain. That was the center of intellectual learning. So even Krishna went to school there. You can go to the place where he. I've been. I've been to that place actually, where he wrote his first letters. You know that ritual where you write and rice. That place is still there. It's, it's controlled by Pushti Marg Sampradaya, Malabacharya. Um, uh, so, uh, so they had beautiful. Then Krishna went off, and became a. a, a Famous, we all know Krishna's life in in, in Dwarka, but uh, Sudama became very poor. Nice, he was a, a very extremely pious Brahmin, but he was very he was well. It says in the scriptures he was very well. He knew the scriptures. He was adverse to worldly material consciousness. He was calm, collected, self-controlled. All these good qualities of a Brahmin, but very poor. So poor exactly that their family was starving, and the wife was also she was in rags. The children are starving. And so the wife nervously she approaches a subject to Krishna, I mean to uh, to her husband Sudama. He says, "You keep telling about that you know Krishna, right? You should go visit him, right? Kind of hoping. You imagine if like if you're some if you're very poor and starving, your wife tells you, you know, you remember that friend you used to go to? He's very rich. When you go meet with him, so you know what it means. Go ask him for money, right? <laughs> it has to be the meaning, right?" Right, and I translated these verses. The wife says, "My lord, I know you have no craving for riches. I'm so, uh, um, uh, but without money, it is very difficult to maintain this household. 
Therefore, it is essential that you do, that you go and see your old friend. Sudama answers, Good heavens, there are so, you are so mad as to, are you so mad to send me to Dwarkov to fetch money? Does a true Brahmana ever crave for wealth? Our only concern is to remember the Lord under all circumstances. When oppressed by hunger, can we not go out and beg our food? Better we go begging than, than, than ask, think of uh, money for Krishna, from Krishna. And the wife responds, All this is very well, but the days are so hard that one cannot even depend on the charity of others. If we beg, nobody will give us food. This is very much like now. Just look at my tattered clothes and your starving children. I have no craving for wealth. I do not insist that you go and ask him for a kingdom or abundant riches. I, in our present stricken condition, instead in our present stricken condition, you should only go and see him once. So he decided that oh, what to do. He, he couldn't get out of this, right? His wife was pushing. He felt bad. But then he said, without some gift, I can't go. Right? So she asked my wife, is there anything here worthwhile we can give? But they're so poor. So the wife, knowing that he won't go uh, without something, went to a neighbor and asked, is there anything? Even in her house, she had nothing. In the neighbor house, a little embarrassed, is there anything we can borrow? We'll pay you back. Right? So she let, and there were uh, four handfuls of uh, puffed rice or parched rice. I guess puffed rice, right? It's puffed rice. Low, simple, poor thing. And so she took it in, in a dirty, uh, ripped cloth. She tied it and gave it a little bit embarrassed to her husband. He's like, oh, this is my gift. I have to go. But you never go anyplace without a gift. And she's, he's a devotee of Krishna. He wants to give something. So he walks very long distance to, uh, uh, to Dwarka. And there he's also asking, where is Krishna? I heard, where is his palace? Where is his mansion? And so somehow or another he gets to Krishna's palace. And the gatekeepers uh, um, uh, see him. And they, they go and tell Krishna in his private quarters. There's some Brahmin. He looks very nice, but very poor. Right? He says he's, he's, um, his, he has no, no clothes. He's only one, no proper dhoti or chari. He only has some broken like loincloth and goatees, uh, very, uh, very, looks like he's starving. But he's only asking, where's Krishna? Right? And, he said, and we asked him his name, he said his name is Sudama. Is it Sudama or Sudama? Sudama, I think, right? Sudama. Um, uh, as soon as Krishna heard his friend's name, he jumps up and runs. Right? And he says that he dropped, he didn't put on his crown, even he didn't put on his proper clothes. Almost in a, in a, in a copen only himself, he runs down to see his friend. And he sees and gives a big hug. Wow, we haven't seen you in so long. It's been years. But then he says, you're so thin. Right? And Krishna began crying, thinking how, how poor and, and that his friend has become. Right? And, and uh, actually says that when proper Brahman comes to the house, Krishna would arrange to wash his feet. And so the arrangements were done. The, the attendants brought water. But it says that Krishna has washed his feet in his tears. Right? And then slowly brings him in and puts him on his own throne. Right, and uh, they do the proper, and then he invites his wife uh, Rukmini to, and all his other wives to come in and, and worship him, to do proper pranams to him. And so there's a beautiful hymn also that says that the gods, the one that the gods call Vishwajanini, the, God, the mother of the universe, right? she herself is washing the feet of this poor uh, emaciated Brahmin. Right, such a loving thing. But uh, so the goddess of Lakshmi, her, goddess Lakshmi herself, as Rukmini, and all the, uh, the wives of Krishna themselves are worshiping him. So this is very overwhelming for Sudama. 
So slowly they, they begin to talk about old times. This is natural when friends meet, right? How it was back in high school. <laughs> we do this when we meet our friends or elementary school, even farther back, right? And uh, uh, then, then Krishna's, uh, I actually translated this verse. Uh, Krishna says, I hold in high esteem even the most is insignificant thing offered to me by my devotee. For I hunger for love. On the other hand, immense treasures offered to me by one who does not possess devotion in his heart cannot satisfy me at all. So he says, do you have anything for me? <laughs> right? And Sudama is now very embarrassed. You know, he's already been, I mean, he's worshipped by the goddess of fortune herself. Right, in this big mansion, you know, and he's a poor, you know, very embarrassed about the attention he's been getting. And so, in that such situation, you're not going to, like, give somebody out of a dirty cloth, broken rice, puffed rice. And he goes, no, and just kind of, and he has it under, it says, under his arm. He says, what do you have under your arm there? <laughs> Krishna is a little bit forceful, right? And like old friends, they almost, like, wrestle, he wrestles it out of him. And in the, in the process, the bag breaks, or the cloth breaks, and it spills on the ground. And Krishna goes, oh, so wonderful. Look what you brought me. And he jumps on the ground. He's picking each single um, grain of puffed rice on the ground. He puts it in the mouth, eats it. Right. He says, these grains will satisfy me and through me satisfy the world. Right. Because it says you pour uh, uh, water on a root, the whole tree benefits. If you feed God, the whole universe benefits. Right. Uh, uh, and then upon returning home, after eventually he returned home and the story goes, he finds in his house, in place of his house, a beautiful mansion and more everything, his, his empty cupboards are full of jewels like this, right? But he also prays, he says, actually, I do not pray, I do not, I don't want, I don't want money. This is all the Leela of Krishna. He can do what he wants. He's the Lord, right? He's done this for some reason, right? My only prayer is that I'm always, his, he considers me his friend. That I'll always be his friend, and he'll always be my friend. This loving relationship. Actually, Krishna says in Gita, uh, uh, "What's the verse? So any way, pe I, however way people approach me, I, I approach them. I respond that way. So if you approach Krishna's friend, he approaches his friend. If you approach God as mother, she approaches as mother as a child. Even if you approach God as your child, then God, the infinite, in, the infinite, all-powerful God, becomes a little baby." Right and under your control and they're completely dependent on you. It's so sweet, actually. That's uh, um. so. These are uh, two important two stories that Krishna is only looking for love, right? But then I in this translation it says like like Vidura, like the Gurula, uh, or like Draupadi, like um, uh, 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 Gajendra, like uh, Sabari. Right, I'm going, why these three are mentioned? Right, now thinking, but I thought, ah, it's uh, a f uh, uh, one who offers me a leaf, one who offers me a fruit, flower, and water. Why these, these four? Right, and and, and uh, uh, Rantidev, sorry, Rantidev. So then I thought, ah, I, I got it, right? Each one of them, is, it's, it matches each one, right? So Draupadi, when the Pandavas were in exile, Draupadi had a boon. Actually, I should have brought my... You know, maybe you see me eat at my like hundred-year-old plate that I eat, Bhikshu Patra. Something like this. That Patra is considered to have some power. She did some austerities and got the blessings of the sun. And Surya Dev gave this uh, Akshay Patra, Akshay Patra, unending uh, bowl, right? That anything that uh, as long as food will always come until you're finished. When it's finished, it's finished. 
right? Until next time you cook. But once you cook again, it will go on and ending, right? And so, Duryodhana, he he was thinking how he's always thinking how to get rid of the Pandavas, how to get rid of the Pandavas. So he thought he came with a brilliant. This is the most brilliant plan ever. He he did some austerities and and some prayers, and he got uh, Durvasa to come, the angry sage. And he says he asked, and Durvasa said, "Ask a boon." Oh yes, the boon is the Pandavas. They're very pious. You should go with your ten thousand disciples and take food there, right? But you should go after they've eaten, right? <laughs> and so the uh, uh, he thinks, okay, I guess that's okay. You know, <laughs> if you think this is a boon, he offered the boon, right? The idea was he'd come out. Ah, there's my here's my my version is Akshay Patra. <laughs> Thank you. So anyway, what are you searching for? So mine's empty now, so I won't give him more food. But once the food goes in, it goes in empty. Um, so he got it from Surya, right? So Javasa comes, and, and uh, the Pandavas have finished eating, and Draupadi, Draupadi, Draupadi had also finished eating. And so that means when the food's done, it's done, right? Just then, Javasa comes with 10,000 shishas, 10,000 disciples, and they immediately get up a little nervous, like, oh, uh, great Rishi, uh, please, I'm glad you've come, <laughs> you have to be polite, and you please take your bath, and then we'll, and then stay for dinner. Right, and, and so, yes, yes, well, the 10,000 disciples go to the bath and they're doing their gayatri and taking, bathing and bathing and bathing. Uh, uh, just, uh, and then Draupadi says, oh, what are we, we going to do? We're out of food. Right, there's no more food. And if we're out of food, if he's angry, he'll curse us. And if he curses, we'll die. That was Rodina's uh, original idea. It's a brilliant pun. This is real, like, brilliance in, uh, in politics and like this, right? Spiritual politics, right? Uh, we'll invite we'll invite a sage to their house, and they won't know how to treat them. And that sage will curse them, and then they'll die. That's like what a brilliant, this is a beautiful thing, came I think, <laughs> very wonderful. This is his mind mean his name means his mind is bad, right? So, uh, 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 so Draupadi she goes, oh, Krishna, you've saved me in the past, right? When I was being disrobed in public, you saved me. I'm same situation here. You have to save me. Right, but Krishna's and this is in the um, Kamakya forest where this uh, they are hiding, and Krishna's in Dwarka, very that's in Gujarat area, right, very far distance. Krishna's just then with Rukmini, his wife, and he goes, oh, Draupadi's in trouble, and a second he runs, and, and within seconds he arrives, right, and Draupadi, oh yes, you come and save me, save me, right. This is my problem, right. The uh, the Dravata, don't tell me what Draupadi Rishi. I'm very hungry. I've come all the way from Dwarka. Right? I'm very hungry. Give me food immediately. He goes, give you food. I'm praying because of food. I have no food. That's why I'm praying. Right? And, and the, the 10,000 rishis are coming to eat and I don't know what to do. He goes, Dad, don't, don't, talk, don't talk nonsense to me. Right? First, first things first, give me food. There is no food. That bowl, that, that bowl that that sun god gave you, you find that, bring me that bowl. Let me see. It's empty. Let me see, let me see. He brings the bowl and he looks just here, even here to see. This is a perfect example. I didn't, I didn't clean my bowl properly. Now you know. And just here, and actually a little bit of, I have a little meti. I had meti yesterday, a meti sabji. So a little bit of green. This is very nice. This is a very good uh, showing uh, uh, example. A little bit of spinach was there, some leaf. He goes, oh, this will do. And he takes it and he eats it. Right? And as soon as he eats it, he says that, uh, what happened? He, ah, oh, I'm so, that was so good. Thank you. Right? And as soon as, as, soon as he eats it, what, down, he sends uh, his attendant, Sah- Sahadev, maybe Sahad- Sahadev, I think is one of Krishna's uh, attendants, go and get, go get the rishis and tell them to come get their food. 
and he goes, and so as he's walking down, what happens? Uh, Durvasa and, and and all the rish, uh, all the disciples, they get they start feeling, oh, I'm so full, and they start burping and belching, and even Durvasa says, I'm so full, and he says something's weird, what's happening? He says, but this is remember what we read in the Bhagavatam, the story of Durvasa and Maharaj, right? So he already said, oh, these, the Pandavas are great devotees. They're very close to Krishna. And I don't want to do anything. I don't want to anger them. I don't want to, I'm scared because I already got punished once before like this. So let's just go quickly. And so they all go in different directions, right? We'll meet, we'll meet in Banaras. I'm like, we'll go, right? And so when Sahadev comes, or Sachadev, uh, and there's nobody there, right? So Krishna, so this is an example that one, out of her complete devotion and dependence upon Krishna, she, she came, actually she didn't even offer one thing of leaf. But Krishna took one leaf, right? This is her, that example is given. That, that uh, patram pushpam. Then the story for the flower is Gajendra mentioned, and in, in, that's another story we told. The king of elephants, he was he went in in Diraloka to take uh, his bath with his uh, wives and attendants, and a great crocodile we know was a, uh, was a Gandharva in a previous life, grabs them, right? And they're equally matched. So thousands of years of fight happened. They can't Gajendra can't. Then he remembers from a previous life. In this life, he's an elephant, but previous life, he was a king who became a rishi, and then didn't, and then actually offended. I think maybe Dravasa, if I forget exactly, <laughs> and got cursed to be born as an elephant. There's a lot of Dravasa curses. Maybe that that plan was a good plan originally. <laughs> Get Dravasa to curse you. Uh, uh, um, uh, uh. So in 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 a, in, a, in a fit of desperation, he remembers his old his month from a previous life. Right. And it, it describes it very elaborately, but basically the commentary said all that's just Om Namo Narayan, the mantra he had in the previous. And and he grabs, struggling in the water, he grabs a lotus and holds it up, Namo Narayan, right? And immediately he says, Krishna, or Vishnu also, immediately he's like, I have, drops everything in Vaikuntha, jumps on, on, on Garuda and rushes, quickly kills the uh, al- the alligator, or crocodile, and liberates Gajendra. So Gajendra, as an elephant, just offered one flower. It was a heartful prayer. Immediately, Lord came and took. That's patram pushpam palam. Palam is shabari. So who is shabari? Shabari was a, a, a lower caste tribal uh, person, uh, a Bhila woman, and she was very, very pious. And she secret. She had a secret sadhana that at in the, at night time she'd go where the rishis in the Dandaka forest or where Ram was staying. Uh, she would uh, sweep where the rishis would go. She'd sweep the the lane at night, so that when they walked to the river, they wouldn't step on thorns, right? And then um, where everything like the equivalent of potholes or, or rocks, she'd put sand, so that where they'd walk, it'd be smooth. And then she'd collect wood and she'd pile it in their and and next to their duni, and next to their yagya at night. And so not knowing, just everything is been going very smoothly for them. So she lived this type of pious life. And then, um, who is the Rishi? Uh, Matanga, Matangare, Matangrishi. Uh, his daughter is Matangi, as a, one of famous form of Ma. Matangarishi also was from a lower caste. He's a Rishi from a Sudra caste. And Matangarishi, uh, uh, Chandala caste actually, uh, Matangarishi gives her a mantra, right? Initiates her and she's doing her sadhana with that mantra. And then he's going to Brahmaloka. On his way to Brahmaloka, he tells his disciple, he says, you know, one of these days, I'm predicting, I'm giving you a prediction that uh, Lord Vishnu has, has incarnated as King Ram. Him and his brother will come to your, your, your hut, 
They'll come here. You wait. And seeing them will be the fruit, fruit of all your sadhana. All the things that you've done for the rishis, all the, man, all the mantra that you're chanting that I've given you, that will fructify with when, when God himself will come to your house. Right? So imagine if somebody tells you, somebody you trust implicitly, that in a future date, God's going to come to your house. Right? Be ready. That's the perfection of your life. So what, what, imagine, imagine that. So she began to think. She, she's sitting at her kutira doing her sadhana, doing her mantra. says, when he comes, we have to, have to sweep the path because make sure no thorns, that's a common thing for her, no thorns come. So she, she sweeps the path, she sweeps the courtyard like that. And then she has a place for him to sit. So she, and she smears everything with cow dung. Right, to make it pure. Then she makes a seat out of dirt and mud and she decorates it and she goes collect fruits. And she sits there and waits. Maybe he's coming. But then in a, few, in a couple hours, some leaves fall. What is she? Mina gets up and sweeps the courtyard again. Because maybe he's coming just now. And I have to smear more cow dung. And the fruits have gotten old. I have to get new fruit. So her whole, imagine if you actually thought, like, any, maybe you can come now. Maybe now. Maybe now. Maybe now. That expectation, imagine the way, how she lived her life, right? That such devotion continues years past like this. Sweeping the courtyard, uh, pre- preparing food, cutting flowers, smearing cow dung like this, chanting her mantra, waiting, waiting, waiting. So you imagine her, ex- her experience when Ram and Lakshman, they were, at that time they were searching for Sita, I think, right? It was after Sita's abduction. Uh, uh, Ram and Lakshman come, the beautiful described, Tulsidas describes it best and in, in, in he is the best rendition, I think. But she is like, there's a scene where she's just hugging both their feet. You imagine this old woman, right? And she's so excited that she goes and, and whatever fruit she had gathered began to give her this fruit, right? And we know the story that I think it, that she was, to, she was tasting to see whether or not they were good or not. Good, uh, sweet. And then she was giving. Now you'd think that's, that's not <coughs> uh, uh, the highest behavior. You give tasted fruit. This jute, which is the right... Uh, um, but he was the reason she was tasting out of devotion, out of love for her Lord, right? The fruit, fruit of her life, right? Fruition of all of her sadhana. And it says Ram and Lakshmi were eating with so much gusko. He says we've never, in the palace of my father, and in the cooking of my wife, I've never and I've never tasted food this sweet, right? Is this as this like so? This is a so it's what is the words? What star are we on? We're on Palam, uh, uh, Patram, Pushpam, Palam. Toyam, water. So anybody know what the famous story about offering of water is? This is a story, a less known story of Rantideva. Rantideva is also mentioned, actually comes soon in the Bhagavatam. After the story of Lord Ram, he continues his lineage, the, the lineage of Ram. Four or five generations later, this king, uh, Rantideva Ranti comes. King of Sankri, Sankriti Maharaj. This king was so compassionate he felt, actually, you have to think he's the descendant of these great divine kings. He's thinking, the Lord whom I love, this is actually what it boils down to, the one that I love exists in all beings. Right? Actually, one of my friends was, uh, many years ago, he said, oh, in school, I'm a vegetarian, and, but I'm, uh, my, uh, I'm a lot of pressure from my schoolmates. Right? Why are you vegetarian? Why are you vegetarian? What do I say? I mean, I don't know. He's running out of arguments. And so I said, well, the simplest argument is just tell them the one you love exists in all beings. So you're trying to behave, respond this way. It's a simple answer, right? So he had this idea that the one I lo- the, the, the Lord of my heart, the Lord of everything exists in everybody, right? And so he couldn't, he couldn't bear to see anybody suffer, right? And so a king has wealth, right? So whenever he sees somebody here, he, he lavishly gave his wealth to anybody who was suffering. Bit by bit, he was, and he wouldn't take anything from anybody, 
right? Because you don't take from your love from the one you love. You give to the one you love. So he never took taxes. He gave away wealth and never took taxes. Now you can see that that doesn't work very well for a king, right? A king almost his duty is to is to collect taxes and distribute in a different way. So slowly he became he lost every he gave away everything. He had nothing, nothing left. So him and his family, his wife and his many children, they were starving, right? Although king of a whole land, descendant of of, of the solar dynasty, reduced out of love, out of devotion for God and, and devotion to God in people, he had nothing. Uh, so it came in the, uh, in, in, the, in, the, in the Bhagavad Gita, in the ninth canto, 21st uh, um, um, uh, chapter. It says that he, that he, was, he ended up fasting for uh, 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 48 days. There was no food in the house. Imagine, so after 48 days, how, imagine if you don't eat for 48 days. Not out of, because you're doing some cleanse, but <laughs> because there's no food. There's a difference between fasting and being hungry, <laughs> right? And, and on the 49th day, somehow or another, some food came into the house. It said he got some, there was some, some grain, some ghee, some rice, some water, different, some vegetables. Some, so they, they had food, finally. You can imagine, they so excited. Food came. Just as they're about to, they cooked the food and it was milk and actually clarify, uh, sweetened milk, thick milk, so very nutritious. It describes in the Bible time these things. And just then, some Brahmana came to his door. Bhikshem Dehi, Chabarvati, Bhikshem Dehi. So he said, Oh, Brahman has come. Right, it's our duty to feed the Brahmins. Right, this is the, uh, Vishnu's rupa. Right? And Vishnu loves her. So they took part portion, they fed that Brahman, and he went away. So now, much less food for him and his family, and they go to start eating. And then a sudra comes, a, low, a lower caste person comes. Very, and then he's very poor. The Brahmin, they, they feed out of duty, right? But the sudra, he looks hungry, right? And, and so he said, oh, we, we have to, we can't let a hungry person come to our door. Atiti Deva right? An uninvited, unexpected guest is God. Everyone's God. He had that idea, everyone's God, right? So he gave another portion of his food to that Brahmin. And what, I mean to that sudra. Just then, a beggar comes. Right, uh, uh, uh. Uh, with a bunch of dogs, right? And so he, he goes, like, I'm hungry and my dogs are hungry. Do you have anything to feed us? Right, so now this is interesting. Each of these categories, from the Brahmin to the Sudra, now to some crazy person with dogs. And he says, well, dogs also, these are also uh, Lord's Rupa, right? And so they, they gave the rest of the food given to the dogs, right? Imagine how this is the 49th day of no food and barely water. So all they have is a little bit of water. And just then, another uh, 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 outcast comes. And the line says, I'm extremely tired and exhausted. Low and impure as I am, please favor me with a little drink of water. So that little water that he had, there's a sloka that he says, Says I, this is from the Bhagavatam directly. I do not pray to Bhagavan for the eight cities, for any of these powers that come to yogis, nor for mukti, for liberation, or salvation from the cycle of birth and death. I don't pray for anything. I want only to stay among, the li among, among living people and suffer all the stresses on their behalf. Right, this is a true king also. Like a king is a father of, an, of the nation, right? You think, I only want to live amongst my people and that they don't suffer, that I'll take all their suffering. This is my prayer. I don't want liberation. I don't want cities. I don't want anything, right? 
then he says, by offering my water, my little glass bit of water, uh, to this to save this this star, this poor Chandala, Chandala, who is struggling even to live, I have been freed from all hunger, thirst, fatigue, trembling of body, moroseness, distress, lamentation, and illusion. Right? He says, by doing this, I'm free of hunger. And he's transcending his body, transcending his expectations, transcending his attachments. It's a big thing, right? Uh, uh, yeah, I'm all this. I'm I'm finished with every by gi- by giving this water. I I'm giving. I'm free of all disturbance. What an idea! Right. Just then, actually, then it was revealed that these different characters that came begging were all the devas. It was Brahm- Brahma came as a Brahman, right? Vishnu came as a Sudra, right? Shiva came asking a last little bit of water. This is given. It's not clear. We have to commentators are guessing who's who. It simply says the devas came. The uh, the uh, Mahadevas came, the big, and I think the one who came with the dog must be Dattatreya, who shows up with a bunch of dogs. That's usually Dattatreya, right, asking for food, right? And they gave their full darshan. We're so pleased with you, and and and, and he and imagine this the, that excitement of seeing, but that's what's the point of the story that that's what actually is happening, uh, that Lord accepted this little bit of water, and that was he's a great example of accepting water. But also, if, you, if, if this verse is, just give me, Krishna says, give me a, a, a leaf, a flower, a water, or a, a fruit. Of course, this is puja. This is everything we do. We try to live this. But this is also feeding in other people's mouths. Right? You know, the water was not given, oh, oh Vishnu, please take my water. The other ones gave it to Krishna, gave it to Vishnu. Right? This is giving it just to some uh, horrible looking beggar who's like, the one day of the year you can afford not to give somebody water is the day your family has eaten for 49 days, right? But he's thinking, no, this is God. But And, he, and it turns out it really was God. <laughs> that's a, the amazing thing. But actually, that's actually the fact. Jesus also, there's a, when, what is that, that line Jesus says to his disciples? I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I was naked and you didn't clothe me. I was, or three, uh, uh, I was homeless and you didn't shelter me something like this right and the disciples said when were you hungry and we didn't feed you we've never seen you hungry we've never seen you naked and he says no no and he says, anybody who's hungry that's me everyone who's who's who's, who's naked that's me and you, you know that, that's that's a uh, same idea right so it's not just devotion as in puja but the one who lives in all beings can also accept our puja So, <clears throat> where are we? Patram pushpam palam toyam. If one offers me with love and devotion a leaf, a flower, fr- uh, a fruit, or water, I accept that. The pious offering of the pure heart. So, any little thing, these are big stories, but the, the principle is simple. Anything you offer with devotion, that I accept. Right? So and and these are and also this is not one who offers money, one who offers gems, one who offers cow ghee, one who offers uh, organic grains, one who offers honey. These are difficult, expensive things. These we try to do. One who makes beautiful garlands, all these things. Is one offers even a leaf. These are common things anybody can have, right? If you're poor, you can you can offer some leaves and flowers and some water. And if you're rich, you can offer leaves, flowers, and water. It's easily available. So it means anything. One offers anything available with devotion, right? So. Then the next verse is one of my favorite verses that I, I used to uh, memorize when I was younger. Yat karoshi, yat ashnasi, yat juhoshi, dadashi yat, yat tapasyasi, kaunteya, tat kurusva, kurusva mar arpanam. 
Yat. Yat means? The one who, yes. Or whatever. Here it means whatever, right? Whatever, yat karoshi. Whatever you, whatever you do, right? Yat ashnasi. Whatever you eat. Yat johoshi. Whatever you, sacrifice you perform. Tadasi yat. Whatever you give away as charity or gifts, right? Yat tapasyasi. Whatever austerity you perform, do that, O son of Kunti on Kuntea, mar arpanam as an offering to me. Right. This is how to live our life. Actually, this uh, the uh, great explanation of the previous verse. Well, how do we like? How do we? How do we offer? How do we? What does it mean to offer flower? Whatever you do, the flower, leaf, flower, uh, water, and fruit is just these are symbols. Actually, everything you do. And so the first thing, all that you do, that the commentary said, do means your duty, means your uh, what the scripture says, your work, your 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 your, your occupational duty, your varna, ashram. That's all constituted as what you do. What you eat is what you eat. What you drink, what you take in by the senses, what you read, right? What you eat is what everything you take in. Don't take if, take that also for me. Offer that to me. Uh, um, Yagya, what is yagya? What not only what you pour into the fire should be done for me, but all japa, your meditation, your religious practice, all that is yagya. And, and, and giving is all your charity, all your gifts, all your inter, your loving relationship between each other, all that's offering, giving away, right? And tapasyasi, the, uh, and your tapasya is not only your austerities, anything, anything, any, all your self-restraint, all your good behavior, that's tapasya, all your self-control. Right, all that should be done. Just do everything for me, right? And it's it's it seems like what what does it mean? Do for but it, Krishna just just this is the sadhana. Just think it's for you, right? The, uh, uh, the divine mother Kali appeared in this beautiful form called Adyama to uh, a saint named Anadatak, who an ecstatic visionary saint in Bengal. He was just after Sri Ramakrishna, just uh, right after Sri Ramakrishna's life. And um, uh, he founded Adyapit in, in Calcutta, very uh, Dakshinishwar, very famous temple. And she appeared and says, and this is her, now the Divine Mother appeared in front of him, in a vision or a dream, I forget, and his big message. He says, I don't want to just be worshipped in temples anymore. Right? Poor people can't worship me in temples. It's expensive. Right? I says, at the time of eating, simply say, Ma cow. Ma eat. Right, and I forget them. And time of wearing new clothes, say ma wear. Right, that will be. This is what pleases me. This is how I want to be worshipped. Anybody, no matter what their money and station in life and their caste, and everybody can do that. Time of eating, ma cow, ma eat. Right, when you're eating, you're, who are you feeding when you put food in your mouth? In the Gita, that beautiful Brahmar, Panam, Brahmahavir, Brahmagno, Brahmanahutam, Brahmaivatinagantavyam, Brahmakarma Samarina. It's an example of the fire, right? One, the fire is Brahman, the offer is Brahman, the ghee is, off, is Brahman, the active offering is Brahman. Right? And one who sees Brahman in all these, Brahmakarma Samarina, one who sees Brahman in all these activities, he is attained Samadhi. That is Samadhi, to see Brahman in all action. And so in the, in the, um, I'm spinning off my verses, but in the Mahanirvana Tantra, right? Why do we? Maybe many people probably chant this before eating. Pramar, Panam, Brahma, We do this before eating. Why? Right? In it's from the Mahanirvana Tantra. Lord Shiva is speaking to Parvati, and he says that this mantra is so pure that even food that comes from the mouth of a dog, 
right? And nowadays, that's everybody's food comes as equivalent. We we equals our dogs, but in the Vedic idea, it's like the most unclean thing possible. Something comes in the mouth, even that food becomes pure, right? Of course, it's part of seeing everything is Brahman, but it's also the act. The act this is the way we offer the Brahman. This is the offering is Brahman. You are Brahman. Everything is Brahman. It's a way of, uh, of generating that constant remembrance of God. All that you do, all that you eat, all that you offer. All, stare, all that you sacrifice, all that you offer and give away, and all self-control and austerity, do that, O son of Kunti, as an offering to me. That song you chanted, uh, Chakolito Mariche, Sri Ramakrishna is giving the gist of that. There's a quote in my Gita here. O mother, I am an instrument, you are the, you are the operator. I am the house, you are the resident. I am the chariot, you are the charioteer. I move as you make me move. I speak as you, you make me speak. My doings are all your doings. Not I, not I, but thou, thou. So this is Thakur's continuous meditation, right? The gist of that song also, the core, the refrain of that song is that. It's easy to remember. Everything you do, you are, you are doing, and I'm doing, I'm doing it for you, and you're the one also doing, right? To generate that thought. Karma <coughs> Banda. So the next verse says, Thus shall you be free from the bondage of action yielding good and bad results. Shuba Shuba Pali Eva Mukshasi Karma Bhandanai. So in this way, if you do this, then you're not acting out of bhog ashwarya. Remember the first, the cause of, of the whole bondage of bondage, the whole bondage, the karma is bhog the motivation of bhog ashwarya. This is another way to be free of bhog ashwarya. You're doing it out of, out of love for everything you do. You do for God. Then there's the fruits are God. The action is also God. It's not for you, and it's not. Uh, you're not the beneficiary. Everything you do, even if you're doing, you're the one eating. You offer things to God, but that that becomes prashad. Right, still, we offer all nice fruit, but who eats it? We eat it. <laughs> yeah, that's an amazing thing, right? I mean, some we also give, but you know, like, but what's the process? The, the, the whole consciousness changes. One is one is bhogashwarya, one is bhakti, right? And one leads to bondage, bhogashwarya leads to bondage, and bhakti leads to moksha, right? Here says here the first this verse says this verse says moksha twice. First it says you're liberated from the the bondage of fruit, both good and bad. Right, the fruit of actions, both good and bad. Our karmas have either good action or bad action, or ba good results or bad results. Right, but both of them cause bondage. You're bound by the results. If you do good action, you have to get the good reaction. If you do bad action, you're bound to get bad reaction. Right, Swami Vivekananda says, chains of gold or chains of silver, both bind you. One's pleasant, one's unpleasant, but both are bondage. Right, so you be free from from the the fruits of actions, both good and bad, right? So we can think, and and Krishna says like that, that if you do this for me, then there's no karma. But the com the, the the one saint, um, Swami Ram Sukadas, maybe you've seen he was he a great um, he was the head of the uh, uh, Gita Press until he died a few maybe five six years ago. He was 104 when he died, and interesting that sadhu is not one photograph of him. Interesting. How to be? How to run a huge institution, and be a world famous sannyasi with thousands of people listening to your lectures online, and no photograph of you, right? Mm -hmm. He didn't allow. There may be some photograph, but I think any his disciples have destroyed, right? 
he didn't want any anything about name and fame. He's really a true follower of the Gita. Nothing he did was for book. We do every we almost every even in spiritual things we do we do it for name and fame, and attention and 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 you know we even get some that gets mixed into it, right? He actually I think. And we can tell he he was an example of somebody who did nothing with without any bogashwarya motive. He did it only a service to God. But anyways, he he um, um, he says to this ver- on this line he says, "How does doing it for God liberate you from karma? Because you're still doing karma, and the laws of nature don't change, right? The laws of nature are the material world, right? But if but we actually do not belong to the material world." We identify with this change, the law, the, the law of time, space, and causation in the material world, but it's not our. We actually don't belong. We're not attached to it. We're not. We don't actually. It's not our nature, right? The, the soul actually is always liberated, always free. But we see and we identify, and that identifying keeps us as if bound and locked into the whole world of matter, right? This is a simple process to withdraw the mind, put it back in its proper place, right, and the divine realm, and then. The laws of nature and the laws of cause, uh, the laws of karma and the laws of birth and death, doesn't affect you at all. The mind is above that. That's his interpretation of this verse. Interesting interpretation. So, uh, whoever offers, uh, sorry. Eva mukshaye kamandanam sanyasya yoga yuktatmaha. One who his soul, his mind, his heart is 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 is. Uh, in union with this yoga, sannyas yoga. This is Krishna's definition here of sannyas. Right? Do everything for me, then you're renounced. Right? You can be a monk, you can be a householder, you can be a king, you can be a, a, a beggar. Everything you, if, you do in, if you do everything for God, you're sannyasi. That's Krishna's definition. Right? Uh, that is, then your soul, united, uh, yuktatma, uh, sanyasa yoga yuktatma vimukto mam upayasi upayasi vimukto. That means you become liberated, right? And the term vimukta vimukta means specially a special type of liberation, right? And so it's interesting. You can say you can translate it especially liberated. We have that used like like for instance you have gyan in the Gita and vigyan, right? Gyan is knowledge and vigyan is like wisdom. It's a special type or uh, a realized knowledge, right? Sri Ramakrishna says that his use of the term is like to know milk isn't the cows give milk. That's knowledge. To milk a cow and drink the milk and be nourished by it. That's that's vigyana. That's realized knowledge, right? So if, liberation, or this is like really liberated, right? Fully liberated, vimukta, special. But also another use of special. It's a special. Ta- in other words, it's a special category of liberation, because you can do everything for God and think of God, but we don't feel liberated. Right, we're not. We don't feel enlightened, right? But in a certain sense, I think this is a the, the general meaning vimukta. In a certain sense, you are liberated, right? Because if you're, if, if if you're doing everything, you're not doing it for yourself, and therefore the laws of the, the stringent laws of, of of karma don't apply. You are liberated, although bound seemingly. You're bound. You're liberated, right? You see somebody who's like you see this old this uh, sabari shabari. She, she's not a rishi. She's just a uh, low caste woman who's who's waiting for God to show up at her house, right? But that so she's. I mean, even here, thousands of years later, we're singing her glories, right? The great kings, the great emperors, the great philosophers. I mean, I memorize. I to, I went to school for this stuff. I don't remember any of the people, all the great thinkers that I had to quote and write, and I don't remember them. But these people we remember, right? 
they're they're in a, in a certain sense they're they're the liberated ones, not the not the great the, the founders of world religions. These are people who do everything for God. That's real liberation. Mum upayasi payasi. You will come. Not only you'll be liberated. You become a special type of liberated, and you come to me. This is Krishna saying, like everything, all that you do, eat, perform, offer, and 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 sacrifice and austerity. Everything you do, everything for me. In this way, that is sannyas. In this, your soul united with this real sannyas, sannyas yoga, you will uh, become liberated, and you will come to me. This is, I said, the simple method of liberation. Simple, uh, how to liberate, how to become liberated in this life. If you, if, you, if you do everything for God, you're already liberated. But the problem is we don't hold that, we, can, we, we hold that position, maybe a, a few thoughts and the next thought, right? right? One uh, 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 sadhu told me that God is only as far as our next thought, right? Which means, practically speaking, that God's really far away often. Right, there's only God, and there's, there's there's actually only God, but we're not conscious of Him, conscious of her, conscious of it. It's almost as if it doesn't. Right, we can be liberated or bound according to how we, th- or what our next thought is. Are we doing it for God? Or are we doing it for ourselves? Doing it for others, or are you doing it for yourself? The simple criteria, and slowly. So then it sounds that Krishna sounds a little bit uh, partial. Those who worship him become liberated, and those who don't worship him are bound. Right? That's, that, that just seems like one of another selfishly motivated devata offering punishment or, or benefits for certain types of behavior. Right? So Krishna answers that uh, thing. He says, Samoham Sarvabhuteshu. Right? I am in all beings. The same, Samabhuteshu, right? I am equal to another way of saying I am equal to all beings, and all beings are all equal to me. I consider everybody the same. Everybody, I am everywhere, and everybody is the same to me, right? Uh, I am the same in all beings. In me, there is no hateful, and no no one I dislike, and no one is dear to me, right? Ma priyaha. No one is dear to me. No, I don't hate anybody. I don't love anybody, right? So that's a. It's a, it's a he says. Ye bhajanti, ye bhajanti tu mam bhaktiya maite tasasyucha pyarham. But those who worship me, those who bhajanti, those who who worship me, they are in me and I am in them. I, I'm everyone's equal to me, but those who worship me, right? I'm in them and they are in me, right? So this is interesting. Many this 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 term. I'm in them, they're in me, and then Krishna says, I'm in everyone, but no one's in me. And then he says, no one's, uh, no, everyone's in me, but I'm in nobody. There's different ways to interpret these different points. It's very uh, uh, philosophical, mystical language, right? But here the meaning is not so difficult to catch, right? He says, I'm, I'm equal to everyone, but those who worship me, they know me, right? Like I said, like God is only far away of our next thought. Right, so God's everywhere, and God's always loving us, and always, always there. As the only reality, the only thing, even the core of our beings, and the core of everybody's beings, and the core of everything. But those who, those who remember God, those who worship, those who do everything for God, they're constantly remembering God, and therefore they're always in God. 
Right? They're always in God, and God's always they always know God's in them, and they're always in God. Right? Sri Ramakrishna plays with this idea one place. He says that God's in us, but we're not in God. He's also playing with it, and, that, and that's why we suffer. God's everywhere, but we don't put our, we're not conscious of God, otherwise we'd, we wouldn't suffer. The fact that we're suffering means we forgot God. Right? This is Krishna's, or Sri Ramakrishna's simple uh, line. Right? I am the same of all beings. To me there is none hateful, none dear. But those who worship me with devotion, they are in me and I am in them. Right, uh, so this Swami Chidbhavananda, whose commentary is in this volume, he says, just like the sun is shining everywhere the same, right? But in certain types of things, the sun reflects, and other types of things, it doesn't reflect, right? If you shine it on, on, a, on a mirror, it reflects. If you shine it on wood, it just reveals wood, right? So it's like that sun is everywhere, but according to what it's, but on a devotee, it reflects in a unique way. Right, that's uh, another way of, he gives a nice, I thought that was simple, but very nice uh, comment, how to understand it. So then, so, uh, uh, then there's a, 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 a peculiar verse. It says, Apichet, even if, Sudurachro, means a very wicked person. Even if a very, not just a wicked person, a very bad person, a very sinful person, a very criminal person, he worships me with undeviated devotion. Mam bhajate mam anayabhak. He is to be considered sadhur, right? A good person, a pious person, right? Because he is... Uh, uh, um, Rightly uh, resolved. Right? Even if a man of most sinful conduct worships me with undivided devotion, he must be reckoned as righteous, for he has rightly resolved. So this is interesting. So it doesn't mean that uh, that we should overlook, think, oh, sinful people who claim to be religious are are good. I don't think that's the meaning, right? Uh, but. That means that being sinful is not our real nature, right? That that uh, we want our real nature. Sin is not our nature, and sinfulness is not our nature. We're actually all devotees. We're all divine, right? And so, at any time, even if we have a past, right? As soon as there's no spiritual awakening, we and we begin to like worship God and love God and begin. That's not, we're not disqualified. Like oh, he's a sinful person. He's disqualified. We're not disqualified, and. Because we have, we're rightly resolved. We want God. We're worshiping out of devotion, and we want God. We right, we have the right attitude, the right motivation, the right focus. Right, that person's considered uh, a righteous, a pious person, according to Krishna. Right, the examples given uh, that, like the moon, the moon has some spots, but you say, "What a beautiful moon tonight." But if you look at it, there's many flaws to the moon. There's these dark spots and weird things and like this, right? And it's constantly it's, it's growing big and growing small and growing big and growing small. It's wavering. It's not consistent. And even when it's as full as it has some, has some spots on it, right? But the gist of the moon is giving beautiful moonlight, right? So a devotee's mind is always thinking of God, although there may be some flaw from past, some past history and even some samskara, right? Even if the mind doesn't, you can't hold hold that right but if you're rightly resolved you can you you can overcome it and it's not 
stating that that if that uh, by doing that a, a, a sinful person should continue doing sin, right? He's if a sinful person is worshiping with love and devotion, with pure devotion, and he's rightly resolved, I consider that person pious, right? A yogi come, who will come to also be in that category of coming to me because patram pushpam palam toyam. Anybody who offers me anything with devotion, I accept. All that you do, all that you eat, all that you offer and give away, all austerity perform, all yoga, if you do it for me, you'll become liberated and come to me. That's the statement. So even if you're very bad, or been very bad, right? None of us have been that bad, hopefully. Right? But if we do, even if we've been really bad, still, there's hope, right? And so there's a famous story, my last of the stories. Uh, uh, you've heard of Bivla Mangala? He, uh, Bivla Mangala, was, um, he's not so long ago, maybe couple, maybe a thousand years back, I don't know his exact date, he wrote a very famous hymn, a uh, poem on Krishna Bhakti, Krishna Kar Amrita. And you may have heard, some Swami Chaitanya tells a little bit of his story sometimes in his talks, right? And he was a Brahmin by birth, and um, and he had some, due to some bad behavior, some bad attachment, he became, he fell in love with a prostitute, named Chintamani. Chintamani means wish fulfilling gem, or a very good name for a prostitute, right? And he be, and he very much slowly he fell in love with her and he became completely basically even though it was a business transaction in his mind he was in love, right? In uh, in her mind it was a it was a necessary an unfortunate necessary business transaction, right? And so one day and everybody knew uh, he's that he's a fallen Brahmin he's going to that prostitute on the other side of the river, she lives in some bad neighborhood there. And uh, so, one day he he bare, he cremated his father. His father died on the night of the cremation of his father. He's he's thinking I have to go. It's been a very stressful day. I need to go to my lover. And the people going, don't be so low. Like this is the day your father died. Just leave her, right? Today is not the day. And he couldn't put his mind. There's a huge storm. He's like in the rain. Like how do I get there? How do I get there? He goes to the river, and his river is flooded, right? And and late at night, and no boatman will go. And he said, I'll give you money. I'll give you a lot of money. But no, no, no amount of money will, will lose our life and lose our children. So not going to do, he grabs a log and he swims across the river. Right? And he gets to the side of the river uh, in the dark. And then he, and he sees and he goes and he knocks on the door. Nobody answers and he, on the wall. So he sees one rope and he pulls himself up the rope and jumps over. And, and all of a sudden, you know, you hear bang, 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 you know, it's a bunch of noise. And Chintamani opens the door and sees that Brahmin client. He says, what are you doing here? Oh, I come to see you. Right? So it's, uh, and he goes, how did you come to see me? It's raining. It's flooded. Right? He says, oh, I don't know. I, I grabbed a log and came. Then I climbed the rope. And he says, what? You know. So, then she, so she grabs the light, the lantern. And let's go see what you've done. She goes first to the wall. And she sees there is a, there is a, 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 a snake with its mouth that grabbed like a frog in a hole. And therefore got kind of stuck. Wouldn't let go. And was hanging down. So very poisonous uh, cobra. He'd pulled, not realizing what he'd pulled up on the cobra. But some another, he, he got up. Says that, that, what, type of, what type of person doesn't notice that they're grabbing a cobra? Then he goes down to the river. And, what did he, and the log was a, a smelly corpse. That in a cremation, they throw half cremated corpses in the river. Right, grabbing that corpse, he swam across. But he was so intoxicated, so infatuated with with uh, going to the prostitute that he didn't realize he grabbed a, a, a rotting corpse. There's much symbolism in there, I think, perhaps, <laughs> trying to grab a rotting corpse, <laughs> a poisonous snake, perhaps, right, and, and go across. And then and then that prostitute, she she tells she tells him, he says, 
if that same madness that made you love fall in love for me, right? And 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 grab a corpse and swim across a river, hold a poisonous snake, and come losing your everybody criticizing you for leaving on your on your father's death day, right? Losing your reputation. That type of if you had that same attraction for God, who is real, and actual actually loves you, right? You'd you'd become a saint. Right, he says, "Look at your, your attachment for me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna eventually. You, not just me, you and everybody else, gonna die. We're gonna be a smelly corpse like the one you grabbed, right? Why are you after me?" And some another, he's like, Phew. "Some light went on. Of course, maybe you know, in the time of death, sometimes you, sometimes wake up a little bit, because oh my God, right? What am I doing, right? And uh, and 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 he he bows at her feet. He says, "You are my guru. You've woken my mind to the real goal of life." Right, that I should find the one, and she so that whole night. Rather, they spent many nights in different ways over the years. That night, she sang so many songs of Krishna, right, and all the leelas of Krishna, who Krishna was, Krishna and the gopis, Krishna, and the, like this, all the leelas. And so then he went, and he and he just wand, began wandering, and he eventually found a guru, um, his guru, Somagiri. Somapuri, Somagiri, one of the, like one sadhu who gave him a mantra called Gopal Mantra. It's a famous mantra for Krishna. And, and he kept going. He, he renounced the world. He's, he left home. He left, you know, wandering with one piece of cloth like this, wandering. But good in all the times, Krishna, 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 where are you, Krishna? Thinking of Krishna, calling to Krishna, like this. We'd seen people like this. But you see in his past life, he had some, that some scar was still there. That's samskara for enjoyment. So one day he was wandering and he sees a very beautiful young girl. Right? And how and it's hard even for even without interest to see something beautiful is hard to look away. But it woken up all those old feelings are there naturally, right? And he and he follows her and late that girl goes into some house and he goes and also on the wall looking, how do I climb, you know, knocking, not knowing what to do, but a little bit. And then the father, oh, father of the house comes, Can I help you? Your Brahmin has come to my house. He goes, oh, I just saw this one young girl. I just wanted to meet her. I saw her on the street. And so that didn't seem too too bad. Some uh, Brahmin asked to see your daughter. He didn't think anything bad. He goes, oh, okay, let me get, I'll, I'll, it's probably my daughter. I'll go get her. Right? He goes, and then the boy thinking, what am I doing? I've renounced the world. I ran away from home. Right? And now I'm here I am looking, trying to see a young, he says, these eyes have bothered me. I have bad some scars, my, my mind's bothering me, these eyes are my problem, right, not, I don't suggest this, but this is what he did, and according to the story, he grabs some thorns, and he, he pokes, you know the story, he pokes his eyes, right, and the girl comes, and they're like horrified, the Brahmin has come bleeding eyes, and he blinds himself, and goes, now I, I won't, this, this won't be, I won't be distracted, my eyes are my weak point, and he wanders off again, you know, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, you know, chanting Krishna's name, thinking of Krishna, calling out to Krishna, so, but also wandering, he's blind, sadhu, wandering, holy man, getting thinner and weaker, and more, you know, a little bit pathetic. And one day he hears a voice that says, uh, can I help you, old, old man, you know? And he hears such beautiful voice he's never heard before. And the story goes, this was Krishna, I came to him. All these years calling out to Krishna, right? How can Krishna not reciprocate, right? So Krishna came, right, as a young boy. I wrote his, his beautiful from these are all from the songs of uh, of of this uh, Bivla Mangal, uh, uh, 
and, and, he, and beautiful, beautiful voice. He's never heard such charming, enchanting voices. Who are you? Where do you live? What's your name? Right? What do you do? Uh, tell me about you. This because not being able to see. And this boy says, "My dwelling is very near at hand." That's his first thing. I live very nearby. Right? Actually, he says, "Very near at hand." I don't know if the I didn't. This is I've read from a translation. I don't know the actual word, but I was I immediately thought Jesus also says, "The kingdom of God is at hand." Or John the Baptist, he says, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. King, hand means right here, right next to you. And repent means, look, turn around. Right? It, it means like, you're look, like, like if you're looking, where are you? It's like, I'm right here. Oh, there you are. Right? I'm just, so it's like, I'm, I'm, where do I live? I live very near you, just, just next to you, very nearby. He says, and I have no name. Right? He <laughs> says, but I respond to any name that anybody calls me. Right. Said, uh, uh, my dwell is near at hand. I bear no name, but I respond to any name by which I may be called. My work is to tend cows. Whoever loves me gets my love in return. That was the message of this boy, right? And so, uh, and he says, uh, I brought you some food. And so he eats food, but he's just so enamored by it. And, and the next day he says, will you come tomorrow? Yes, I'll come tomorrow and bring you more food. So every day, this uh, Krishna is coming, and he's, his mind becoming more and more absorbed. But then one day he's thinking again, this see, my old habits are there, right? Now I'm just now I, I can't even think of Krishna. I'm only thinking of this boy's sweet voice and the nice food he gives me. Because I gave up. I ran away from home. I gave up my family. I gave up. I gave up that woman, right? Uh, and now I'm going to attach to this man, this boy, right? Again, I've lost my goal. Right, and instead, when he as he's thinking this in the story, he hears that boy again. He goes, "Hey, uh, um, um, what are you doing? Oh, I'm just, I'm, I, I, oh, you've come, you know, like this." He goes. Then that boy says, "Have you ever been to Vrindavan?" Right, he breaks his mind. He goes, "Vrindavan? How can I go to Vrindavan? I'm blind. I can't even. I can barely walk to the street corner." Because I shall take you. Right, he grabs a stick. He says, "Hold on to my stick," and, all, and, and so and they walk, and that boy takes him to Vrindavan. And when they get to Vrindavan, he says, "This is Vrindavan," and right, his eyes open, and he sees Vrindavan. Of course, it's a very deep symbolic experience, right? And he sees who his friend is. It's Krishna, and he immediately grabs him by the arm, right? I won't let you go, right? And Krishna says, "I haven't you let me go. I'm leaving this place. I've my, done my duty. I brought you to Vrindavan. I'm leaving this place, right?" And he goes like this, and Krishna just like shakes him and he shakes him and lets go of his arm, right? And beautiful line, he says. You, uh, 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 you can, oh Krishna, you can leave me by freeing your arm from my grasp, right? But I will not acknowledge that you're brave and manly, right? That just because you're strong enough to shake yourself on an old blind man, that doesn't impress me, <laughs> right? He says, if you manage to free yourself from my heart, then I will be impressed with you, right? And so that's the the feat. And then he and then he begins to write. Uh, these incredible, this incredible set of poetry, and it starts actually first. He he uh, he bows uh, first to Chindamani, right? His first guru, who woke him up from this illusion of material, and then he bows to Somagiri, who uh, 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 to um, the person who gave him mantra, and he bows um, to uh, uh, and then to Krishna, his three teachers, right? Uh, that opening guru, the, the diksha guru, and then the the actually ultimately the actually one uh, uh, sannyasi told me the real guru comes at just at an illumination, 
you don't really see the guru until you see God. At that moment, that's the guru's revelation. So when we're seeing Krishna, his three gurus, right? So that's a, uh, 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 so that's showing that it, even the most sinful person, and even if the sin is, even if the tendency, some scars are still there. If you're rightly resolved, you get, you, get, you shouldn't necessarily maybe knock your eye out or poke your eye out, right? But even Krishna says, actually, if your right eye offend you, pluck it out. Better to go to heaven with one eye than to go to hell with both eyes. Right? Even Krishna, Krishna, Jesus says that, in the, or the Bible says that, right? Very uh, strong statement, right? But um, uh, that even if we have some bad, some, some scars, if we have a right resolve, then we'll eventually get there. Soon does a man, he, soon does he become a man of righteousness and obtain lasting peace. O Kuntea, Know for certain that my devotee never perishes. For those who take refuge in me, O Parta, though they be, and this is though, and then he gives an interesting group of lists. Right, <coughs> anybody who takes who takes refuge in me, they attain me. Right. Every category, if they be men, if they be women, if they be Brahmins, if they be Sudras, if they be outcasts, uh, they be women, Vaishyas, and Sudras. Even they attain the supreme goal. What to speak of kings, saintly kings? What to speak of Brahmins, right? Anybody. There's no, in other words, it's not by birth, not by sex, not by education, not by, not by habit. None, none of this is a criteria. The criteria is only love, right? And love and devotion. How much more the holy Brahmana and devoted royal saints, having come to this transient, joyless world, do worship me. Fix your mind on me, be devoted to me, sacrifice unto me, bow down to me. So actually this is practical sadhana. This is nice big ideas and uh, unattainable, seeming unattainable emotional states of very pure mind. But this is also practical sadhana. Fix your mind on me, that's meditation, fix your mind on me, think of God. right? Be devoted to me, sacrifice me, bow down to me. Having thus made yourself steadfast in me, Taking me as a supreme goal, this paramgati, the supreme goal, you will surely come to me. So actually, our goal is not just liberation. Liberation, actually there's a term in the Gita called Brahma Nirvana. In Buddhism we have this term Nirvana, right? It means uh, nirvan, without Bond. It means it means liberation. Brahma nirvana, Brahma nirvana means mukti, without bond, beyond bondage. Buddhism uses it specifically in a particular way, but it's not originally a Buddhist term. It's a, it's a Sanskrit Hindu term in the Gita. But Krishna Yuli says Brahma nirvana. You become free into Brahman. Right. You don't disappear. You become liberated into Brahman. Right. Real liberation is thinking, is absorption in God, and, and he says, "Come to me. You'll come to me." Uh, Nothing to fear. Fix your mind on me, be devoted to me, sacrifice unto me, bow down to me. So this is what we do in puja. The temple is, is, a, is a pattern, is an uh, example. Right? A temple, we have God in the center, right? and we, we deck our flowers, fruits, flowers. Everything we do is in the center of God, God in the center. But that's, every house should be a temple. Right? Every, every life should be a temple, every heart should be a temple. When you're in a house, you can also have a small shrine, right? And you cook, you offer, you, f- you make them nice. And also when you, ha- when, you, when you cook, your consciousness changes. Oh, and this is for God. 
right? It's that simple thing. Oh, this is people say, oh, oh, it's prashad. Prashadam always tastes better. You hear everybody, everybody who ever cooks for a temple or cooks for oh, prashad always tastes better, right? And what's the rule generally? People don't taste food when they're cooking for God, right? How not by not tasting food, how does it taste better, right? But your consciousness totally changes. Oh, this is for God, right? Although this is for God, and I'm going to eat it. Right, <laughs> right. That's the difference. It's really, it's not. But it's that, that simple change in consciousness changes, makes from bondage. Actually, Krishna says in the, in the third chapter, one who offers food, one who eats food that's been offered, uh, that becomes uh, becomes becomes purified, and one who doesn't, that eats a giant plate of sin. Right, and and he's considered a thief. Right. So these are two things. And Prabhupada in his in his commentary he says, And how can one be happy if one is both a sinner and a thief? And he says, Practically it is impossible. It is not possible. Right? Because it's a but simple thing. If you if you eat if you eat for God, you become free. If you eat for yourself, you become bound. That's true. If you do if you do if you do sacrifice for God, you become free. If you do sacrifice for yourself, you become liberated. If you do austerities for yourself, you become bound. If you do austerities for God, you become liberated. Each one of these you can put, right? Uh, if you do charity for God, you become liberated. If you do charity for your own position and power and prestige, and then you become bound. Right, it's a simple thing, but so the, by by having a shrine, by coming to the temple, by uh, by even even when you put food in your mouth, knowing that it's it's it, this is Lord's is in your heart, by by sharing with others, knowing the Lord's in their heart, the one you love is in all beings, you become uh, purified and free. That's a secret. I one time, one of my friends, uh, uh, I, uh, many of our friends, some people here will know what I'm talking about, but I ran into him after many years uh, at a, high school, a college graduation. He was in the music department doing performance for the graduation. And, uh, and I hadn't seen him a long time. And he had all these, like, even more than me, lots of piercings and very funky things. He goes, oh, you have all these piercings. They go, oh, I'm just this is reclaiming the, the, the temple. Right? Now, these are someone, because it's a sacred body type thing, so making this a temple, right? And then I reach into his pocket and pull out a pack of cigarettes that was in his shirt pocket. He says, oh, incense for the temple, I told him. <laughs> he goes, yeah, whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> but if you actually think, if you actually think who we're every who we're feeding when we eat, if you have this consciousness, who we're feeding when we feed others and who we're feeding when we eat, it changes everything, right? Uh, the same same act completely transforms. And we'll leave we'll leave it there. Um, uh, we have uh, uh, let's see, next Saturday we still have satsang, right? Yeah, and then. God willing, we're trying to bring uh, one Baal singer, Harudandas uh, Baal here. And so on the 27th, we're hoping to have a concert. If he gets his visa, which I think he will, um, we'll have a special concert at the high school here in Laguna Beach High School on Friday the 27th, is it? And if you can come it'll be very, and invite people, it would be a very... Uh, the Baals are... They also have this... Their highest deities is called the man of the heart. The one they worship is within their own, within their heart, with everyone's heart. So even their temple, they go to temples, but their real temples inside and inside every human being, Manir Manush, right? And their songs sing to that and instruct that. And they have a unique, uh, there's nothing like Baal singing. 
And so we're very happy. We're hoping and praying that he, he's gotten mostly, he just needs a stamp. In a few days, hopefully he'll get the stamp on his visa. And so please mark your calendar. It should be up on our website in a day or two. So please, please do come and invite people. We want to have a nice concert for him. So we have a, Because we have a very short time to plan a concert. <laughs> so as soon as we know, to the, to, uh, to the concert is one week. <laughs> so, Jai Ma.